I want to start off today with a quote from John Wooden. He says, it's the little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. And also, Raymond Joseph Teller says, sometimes magic is just someone spending more time on something than anyone else might reasonably expect. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Mindset Goal. In this episode, I talk to Emily Sander and we have a brilliant conversation on leadership and creative problem solving. Um, I'll let Emily explain what she does a little bit in a little bit, but the conversation was just brilliant. I mean, we cover um, a lot of things and she offers a lot of useful tricks and tools, very practical things as well that we can all do to help better manage our time and also uh, better manage ourselves as leaders and like having the mindset to manage ourselves as leaders as well. Um, things like failing forward and celebrating the small wins and a lot, a lot more. Um, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. So without further ado, welcome, Emily. Um, today, we're going to be talking about leadership and creative problem solving. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time and getting on the podcast and having this conversation with myself. Um, it's great to have you. Um, so we're going to be speaking a whole, about a whole bunch of different things, but obviously everything around leadership um, as your expertise and creative problem solving, uh, because it's something that we really need um, to, to be is creative, especially when dealing with people, because, you know, everyone's so different. Um, so welcome, Emily. Do you want to just introduce yourself about yourself? Absolutely. Thank you for having me, George. Um, like you said, I'm Emily Sander, and I've been in the business world for 15 plus years now, which sounds strange to say, but it's true. And I started my career at uh, roles at Amazon and Microsoft, so small little companies like that. Um, and then I actually worked my way through a series of small to medium technology-based companies, uh, mostly in the Seattle area. And so that's where I cut my teeth with leading teams and managing people and scaling departments and things like that. So I currently serve as a chief of staff for a small digital marketing agency. And I'm also a executive leadership coach who works with business leaders and business professionals from all around the world. And what is that term executive leadership? What does that mean? It's, it's a senior leader or someone who's kind of at the EVP role or higher. And it's, it's, it, there's the title form of that answer. And then there's the quality form of that answer. So if someone has the quality or trait of executive leadership, they're forward thinking and they are strategic and they're helping their team grow. They're investing in their team members, doing all these types of things. So that's where I would say executive can be by title or executive leadership can be by the traits and qualities that you espouse. Yeah. And yeah, you, yeah, you mentioned like helping grow. Um, I, what is something, can you tell us like what, what you can do to motivate a team? I've always found that like, I've tried many different projects and over time they just fizzle out because obviously people aren't engaged, so on and so forth. What, so what's something you can do to motivate a team, Emily? The foundation of everything is trust. And so that sounds like, oh, boring. But if you think about having a leader who has your back and you have a strong sense, like this person has my back and I feel 
safe to take risks or I'm encouraged to be proactive, that just sets a great foundation um, for people to, to go out and do the things that you need them to do. I would say give people room to make mistakes. So yeah. if you're wanting people to try new things and be innovative and push the envelope and make decisions on their own instead of sitting there and waiting for permission, I think allowing room for people to make mistakes and ideally encouraging, you know, hey, we want to fail forward. We want to be proactive and, and push the envelope in the right way. Um, some other things would be celebrate wins. So these can be big things, you know, result, outcome driven. Uh, let's celebrate our accomplishment. It can also be with smaller things having to do with process. So oftentimes there's a long-term goal or a large goal. And how you get to that is by small wins every day and by following the process or putting in the repetitions of work every day. And so if you can celebrate small wins or large wins um, at each of those checkpoints, that can be motivating to people. Um, and the thing you mentioned earlier was alignment. So, you know, motivating people, everyone's their own unique individual. And so I think finding what motivates that individual person in a role, what does this job mean for them? You know, why are they doing what they're doing? Sometimes they're money motivated, which is perfectly valid, perfectly valid reason, in which case you know that. If they are, um, you know, mission oriented, they really believe in the mission of the company or of the team, that's great to know and tap into. And likewise, if they're, if they're, it's really important to them to work with a certain type of people or work in a certain type of team culture or company culture. Those are things that you can try to align or emphasize or focus on when you're speaking to that individual to motivate them. And, and you, you spoke as far as like getting to know people, finding out what is, you know, what's right for them, what's right for this person, as opposed to that person um, in terms of leadership, like how can you do that? Because if you're, if you're a leader, but a silent one, um, and and maybe you have you have a hard time like you know opening up to people and having a conversation or starting a conversation. What can you do to to you know find out more about somebody else? Sure, the most straightforward way is to ask them. So a lot of people skip that step. So I always like to mention that uh, if you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone or you're meeting in the in the lunchroom or or what have you, or even on a Zoom call now, just kind of ask them. You know about how they got into this job and what they're looking to do and the goals they have for themselves, what they like to do in their current role, all those types of open-ended questions can lead to good conversation and, and some good information for you there. Um, the other one, they've, they've got things like Myers-Briggs and DISC type uh, assessments where you can get um, some really key information there. I'm a DISC practitioner and so I love running DISC reports and running leaders through their own reports and running leaders and team members uh, through through their team members' reports, just to have that information. Oh, I'm working with you know someone who's more conscientious, or oh, I'm working with someone who is influential. And those are the certain types of disc styles that you can be aware of. Yeah. And then there's and then there's just observation. So sometimes it is just having that curiosity and having that interest in. Okay, let me see how this person deals with big groups. Let me see how this person does one-on-one. -on -one. Let me see when this person is most animated and enthusiastic about yeah. what they're doing. Let me see when they're stressed, et cetera. So just, just being mindful and being aware of it. 
and and vice versa as well like if you see a person that isn't generally enthusiastic uh am i am i correct to say this that instead like if they're really enthusiastic on a particular day find out why they are so enthusiastic on that day and, and like you know then you can find out what kind of makes them go as well that curiosity yeah exactly i think you know you observe the the action and the behavior right and then you ask why which is which is a great next step okay you know what what made them do that can i help replicate that can i put them in a good position to lead and to do those things again so some of those things will be outside of your control of course but a lot of them will be under your direct control or you can influence them and so knowing these different key pieces to put into place and to align in just the right way is is a hallmark of a strong leader yeah and and just before i ask you about the disc um uh, uh, is that something that you created that or is that <laughs> no 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 yeah i wish i created that no it was created by some some people far smarter than me but i love it because it's in the myers-briggs type of family of assessments but the reason i like disc is because there's four styles so it's a little bit more straightforward and easy to remember for people um it's surprisingly it's freakishly predictable and accurate so i when i first did my disc assessment i was like okay let me answer these questions and you know it's going to give me a canned response and it was dead on the descriptions it gave on how i approach people and how i approach problems and conflict and all these things I remember going, oh my gosh, I'm reading my autobiography here. So uh, it gave me some, it was spot on. And then it gave me some key insights into how I need to flex my communication style when I'm working with a different disc style or just being aware of things that might trigger me or things that give me energy to put myself in best position to lead. So um, no, I certainly didn't create disc, but I am a strong supporter and would encourage anyone to go look up their disc, uh, disc profile. Yeah, absolutely. I think I mean I just saw it when I was just doing research before this this conversation of ours, and I was like, "Wow, this is um this is this is really different. I haven't I have I hadn't seen it before." Um, and just before I want to ask you a bit more about it. Um, maybe if you can just elaborate on what it is. But just before we I do, I just want to say you mentioned a couple of things: fail forward and small wins. Um, I think that that term "fail forward" is is really nice to hear because um you know I always feel like if you have the right mindset and you fail. Uh, you can turn it into a learning and hence hence the term fail forward um, and also small wins. I always feel the, the to create motivation and to even for yourself, whether it's for a team or for yourself, I always feel like celebrating the small wins every day will just create that habit that you you're making progress right through through uh, little little rewards you give yourself and so on and so forth so i'm a big uh, i i'm I, I really like the small wins and celebrating them myself um and yes and 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 yeah so now i want to go back and ask you about the disc do you want to just talk a little bit more about that um and, and also uh much the answer but i want to also ask you about managing your time like mastering i, I want to know about strategies tools for time management can you give us some of those as well certainly so i'll just do a brief overview of discs so basically there's four main styles um so you have your d's 
for uh, dominant, and that just means, you know, they like things short and sweet, just give them kind of the bullet point answers. They like to win, they like to get out there and go do things, they're good decision makers, et cetera. Then you have I, which are influential people. So if you um, have a conference circuit or a speaking or networking or anything like that, the I's love to get out there and talk to people and they run off emotions um, and they like to talk about themselves and are just good at that, uh, that outgoing or networking type of uh, type of activity. And then you've got the S's, which are, are you know, steady people. So they uh, keep things, you know, going, they like uh, even keel. So putting them in positions where they're going to swing back and forth between a whole bunch of things is not the best, but they are great at um, keeping other people steady as well. And then C is conscientious. And so this can be, if you need someone to do a very detailed review of something or, or, you know, have extreme attention to detail and be, uh, very high quality in their work product. C's are typically good at that. So anyway, that's a very, very simplified quick overview, but DISC has four main styles and how the DISC profile or assessment works is you would answer um, a questionnaire, so a list of questions, and it's pretty rapid fire. Don't overthink them. Just, uh, you know, are you this or that, or do you tend to be this way or that way in the situation? And then um, a good DISC report will give you your, your DISC style and then a whole bunch of other information on your exact mix of this disc profile so it can help with self-awareness yeah. and it can help with uh communication to other people who might have different styles than you do and oh like um i did one of these not a disc specifically but i i it, you can also help and it really helped me to find out what i wasn't so good at so i can improve on it um right right that's a great point you can also learn how to align projects or teams to people's disc styles. So yeah. in the examples I just gave, you wouldn't want to, you, you might not want to put someone who loves to be in spreadsheets and loves to deep dive into the data into, you know, a speaking circuit uh, and vice versa. If someone, you know, goes crazy, if you try to get them to do a repeatable process over and over again, they thrive on variety and, uh, you know, getting out there and, and flying by the seat of their pants. You don't want to say, here's a six month uh, project to review the financial statements. Yeah. So you just kind of play to people's strengths. Absolutely. And and that is just so important in leadership, isn't it? Just to know. Um, so, so yeah, that's a very, that's a, that's a big um, thing that you can do just to kind of know what the people are. And then again, it goes back to just, you know, it is a great way for creative problem solving there. Um, and, and now I just want to ask you, so how do you go from managing your time to mastering your time? Um, and this is where I want to ask you about strategies and tools for time management that you could possibly share with us. Yes. So I'll start with some strategic elements and then I'll move into some more practical and tactical pieces. Sure. But often the big picture thematic mindset um, elements are overlooked and you can get a lot from that. So the first thing here is identifying your areas of strength, which we just talked about, and playing to them and delegating or automating or building processes around the areas you're not strong in or the areas you're not inclined towards. And so this is important for two reasons. One, you're better at the things in your area of strength, by definition, they come naturally to you. And two, if you spend a lot of time in something that you're not suited for and you're not trained for, or it's just a grind and someone else could be doing it 10 times faster and better. And enjoy uh, you're Exactly. And enjoying it, but you're being stubborn about it for whatever reason. You're not only wasting the time there because it's taking you longer. When you get to the activity that you're good at, you're tired, you're drained of mental energy. Yeah. And so your work quality 
on the stuff that you're good at once you get it goes down as well. So you're almost double stacking things against yourself. Um, so being very aware of, of your areas of strength and then building your process and structuring uh, your activity around that is really important. And that's a huge, uh, a huge way to optimize your time. The second big thematic mindset piece is red zone, green zone. And right. I'll, I'll explain what that means. But uh, in shorthand, green zone is positive, red zone is negative, And then there's green light thoughts and red light thoughts. Okay. So examples of green light thoughts are, you know, uh, being energetic and being enthusiastic, forward thinking on your game, having good ideas, contributing well, et cetera, et cetera. Red light could be uh, making decisions out of a place of fear, or I'm anxious, or I have a scarcity mindset, or I'm worrying about this or ruminating about that, and I can't control it. So here's, here's the principle. It is draining to spend time in the red zone and ruminating and hamster wheeling, as I like to call it, on red light thoughts is going to suck up your creative energy. And we all have finite amounts of mental and emotional energy and capacity each day. So you have to be vigilant about where and how you how you use it and how you spend it. If you and so think wake up or in the morning and you're you know you have loads of energy and something happens that just drains you completely for the rest of the day you just you know you have nothing left to give. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So I mean think I for any of your listeners today, do a quick inventory. What percentage of, of your day are you spending in the red zone versus green zone? And if you think of just an example of a person who spends, let's say 40% of their time in the green zone, so a little less than half their time in positive creative headspace, think about their day and think about the 60% of their day where they're dragging through it and grinding through it. And then think of someone who spends 95% of their time in the green zone. Wow. And sure, they might have a few discouraging things come up, but they are quick to identify it, to discard it, and refocus and realign in the green zone. How is their day going to go? What types of decisions are they going to be making? What types of interactions are they going to be having with other people? So I would uh, take inventory on that and then just, just train yourself and be aware and vigilant on where you're spending your mental energy. Yeah, it's funny. Um, we in in every conversation I tend to have, it's um on the podcast. It always like resolve revolves around awareness. I I always it's just interesting, like being aware, and and that's just like you know again, just to go back to leadership and 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 creative problem solving, like just being aware of obviously you know where you're spending your time is is a, a great a, is a great tool for for time management as well like being aware of how you're spending your time so on and so forth yeah i'm not surprised that you've heard awareness before because it's hard to change something if you if you aren't even aware of it so it all starts with self-awareness um and i'll just throw in a, a few other practical tips because i know people love those so one is block your time in your calendar so we're all busy we're all running around crazy but if it's in your calendar that helps a lot of people and when you see that time block honor it so don't say, oh, I can just move that. If you set something up for yourself, um, then, then honor it. The other question, another question to ask is, what should I be doing less of? Or what should I stop doing? A lot of people go, um, what, what do I need to add to this equation um, to, make my, to make my time go better? Um, but what, what do you need to subtract from the equation to help you? The next one is developing skills to help you be more productive. So a very basic but powerful example is typing faster or more accurately, because most people type either on the computer or on their phone for a large amount. 
for their job. So just little things, if you're you know, not the best uh, typist, just little things and skills you can develop or enhance that will save you so much time, little chunks of time, seconds, minutes here that add up over the week, month, and year that can help you be more productive. And then the final one I'll, I'll throw out there is just learning and optimizing a tool. So for instance, if you have a to-do list, perhaps an app, spend some time to really learn how to use that and optimize it well. And then uh, you can combine things. So one of my favorite examples of this is AirPods plus Audible. So several years ago when I got my first pair of AirPods and yeah. then I combined that with my Audible subscription, I've basically created a, a mobile university wherever I go. I'm constantly learning if I'm doing errands, if I'm traveling, if I'm waiting in line, I'll just have something on in the background. And I've, I've gotten hours upon hours of information uh, that way. So I love that. Amazing. Brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. I, I also noticed that you, I mean, you've written a book recently. Um, I noticed that a few of the points you shared aren't necessarily um, some of the things that at, at least some of the things that I've seen that aren't in your book. So you just shared it. Um, you know, these are just things, you know, things that you teach, uh, that you practice, obviously. Um, but I want to ask you about your book. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your book? What made you write it? Um, how, how that process was? And also, could, would you share a few points from your book um, with us, with the audience? Absolutely. So the book is called Hacking Executive Leadership. And you're right, it came out last year. And it's really a culmination of all of my lessons and learnings from the business world and my time there and combine that with my coaching experience and working with uh, my number of clients and business professionals there. So it's a it's a the lessons and takeaways of all of that distilled down into an easy to read book. And it came about I I had writing a book in the back of my mind as a one day type of thing. And then during COVID lockdown, um, I thought to myself, hmm, I have so much time on my hands, I might as well make it productive. So I decided to make it happen and, and get a book going. Um, but the, the, some of the frameworks I'd love to share, and we've kind of touched on some of them. The first one is the failure loop. And so we talked about uh, failing forward, failing fast. The failure loop, and there's a graph in the book, but I'll describe it briefly for your listeners. It's a chain of individual loops that are connected, and the overall chain goes up and to the right, and that's the direction of progress. Um, in the individual loop, there is a section of that that goes back down into the left, so the opposite direction of progress. And um, using this this framework and this um, this visual here is a way to reframe failure. So re think about failure, how we think about that in the traditional sense as a negative, you're a failure, you failed, um, it's the end, you know, just sit down and, and throw your hands up and give up. Um, instead, if you use this failure loop framework, you can transform failure into progress yeah. and you can catapult yourself up. And so how you do that is you go, okay, um, I just had a quote unquote failure event. So that can be I did this presentation and it did not go the way that I wanted it to. Uh, I made a decision and it didn't turn out how I wanted it to. And now I'm embarrassed. And now I have to tell all my friends that I failed and it didn't go well. And so in that moment, when it feels real crappy and, and really bad, you can sit there and stop and be defeated. Yeah. Or you can say, what is the lesson? What is the learning? What can I take away from this experience and apply next time? And if you do that, you've just propelled yourself up to the next rung or the next individual loop up the chain. 
And it's, it's literally the definition of learning and growing when you say, okay, let me take some feedback from that past experience, apply it going forward, get better at it. You've just grown and improved and propelled yourself forward. And, and, and growing growth generally, that's definitely a leadership quality. Um, if you, if you can constantly, when talking about failure, if you can constantly just learn from it and grow, I mean, that's, that's what leaders do. You just find a way to get better. Exactly. And it's a constant evolution. So, you know, learning and gaining new skills and putting yourself out there is just a mark of a leader and a, of a successful person. So a lot of people are going, I can't say that I failed at this thing because that means I'm not successful. And I say, on the contrary, that mean that to me, that's a mark of someone who is going to succeed in yeah. the long run. And overall, if you just keep putting yourself forward and keep um, propelling yourself up that up that chain, you're going to be a successful person. It's the people who just stop and are too scared to continue that. You know, if we want to say they're failures, that's the true true sense of failure, not like oh, I didn't do something uh, perfectly the first time. And it, yeah, it's an interesting paradox. Um, like, so it means like you're you're you know you're gonna succeed, whereas like the more and more you fail, it feels like you'll just fail more and more. But that's not the case you know you'll learn from it i mean i mean you could fail and not learn from it einstein has that quote doesn't it? insanity doing something repeatedly and expecting a different result but if you learn and grow for it, and grow for it, and you know take leadership with it you can you know you'll grow you'll get better and eventually you'll succeed it's it's very interesting yeah one of my favorite quotes is i succeed because i'm willing to fail more times than you're willing to try yeah and that's a that's a great one and uh, the second framework or, and the last framework I'll leave you with from the book is uh, the concept of swizzle. And so that's a word that I made up and just threw out one day when I was trying to describe something. But swizzle, uh, swizzling is a way to be resourceful and creative about things. And it's a way to tap into all different areas of life. So I'll give you a, an example from, uh, from my life. It's, uh, I was listening to a podcast with Floyd Mayweather who is a boxer, champion boxer. I don't know anything about boxing. I was just listening to an interview and the interviewer was trying to get him to say, you know, why are you the best? Is it, your, you know, what training schedule do you have? What diet are you on? You know, what's your, what's your physical prowess? Uh, what do you attribute that to? And Floyd finally said, it's my adaptability. It's not of any of my physical attributes. It's not my training. It's the fact that I'm able to adapt better than anyone else. I'm able to adapt to any opponent, any round, any punch on the fly better than anyone else. And that's what makes me the champion. And I heard that and said, I don't know anything about boxing, but I can certainly apply that to my world in yeah. business and leadership. Am I being adaptable in a team meeting on Monday versus my next team meeting on Tuesday? Am I being adaptable in my communication style with a certain individual or audience that I'm speaking to? And so I swizzled that concept of adaptability uh, into something that's relevant and useful for me. So keeping this, this uh, swizzle mentality in mind, anything you see, it can be literally a conversation you overhear in the airport or a billboard advertising thing you see or a book you read about a totally different topic, but you go, oh, that theme and that principle, I can apply it here. And that's useful to me here. Keep an eye out for that. And if you actively look for those types of things to incorporate into your life and incorporate into your 
tool set and toolkit, you will be a better problem solver and um, a more creative and resourceful leader. Right. Amazing. So essentially take can help you and swizzle it into life. I didn't get into it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. Amazing. Brilliant. That's fantastic. Emily, that, that was, um, that was great. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for uh, the knowledge you've shared. You're extremely um, articulate and, you know, how you explain things and, you know, just listening to you speak. I learned so much just by having this conversation with you. So I really, um, again, just thank you for your time and thank you for the work you do. Thank you for your book. I can't wait to read it. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, George. Thank you for having me. Ariana Huffington says, We think mistakenly that success is the result of the amount of time we put in at work instead of the quality of the time we put in. And George Lois said, creativity can solve almost any problem. 